Hello and welcome back to the Meet the Translator podcast. My name is Dot and this is the first episode of season three. In this season, I'll be chatting to a variety of translators about a variety of topics which should hopefully be helpful for other translators. Today, I'm joined by Kelsey Frick and we're starting off with an episode on personal branding. Kelsey's going to be talking about what a personal brand is, how to create one and how it can benefit us as translators. She'll also share some great tips for anyone who wants to build up their online presence. And towards the end of the episode, we'll have a little chat about the talk we'll be giving at the ITI conference next year. Hey Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. It's really great to have you in person. Thanks for coming all the way up to Manchester. Hi Dot, yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me onto the podcast. I'm super excited. I've been a big fan for a long time, so it's really exciting that I, I get to be part of it. Yay, that's <laughs> awesome. So yeah, do you want to give a little introduction, tell everyone who you are, what you do, and how you sort of got to where you are now? Yeah, sure. So um, I am a, first and foremost, a freelance uh, translation account manager. Basically, my background is um, I came to the UK in uh, 2012, 2011 uh, to start my undergrad. I went uh, to the University of East Anglia and studied translation media and French language, Mm -hmm. which is actually where I found the subtitling course and just completely fell in love with that and a local agency was looking for a university student to do some work experience and teach them about subtitling and that sort of thing so I thought yeah sign me up worked for them for a little bit and uh, then they offered me a full-time position so I was working in that agency as a project manager and then as a senior account manager for five years Mm -hmm. and then just went freelance um, this March uh, which was scary <laughs> to go freelance during a during a pandemic, but mm-hmm. honestly, probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. So, yeah, now doing freelance account management and subtitling and copywriting. That's awesome! I love that you went freelance as well. Like I've only I've I only got to know Kelsey through LinkedIn and then through Instagram even more and. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have if you hadn't gone freelance, I don't know. Yeah, no, honestly, when I when I went freelance, I realized that I needed to really like dive into LinkedIn and mm-hmm. do it and do it well. And yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking all about personal branding. So Kelsey, do you want to start us off? What is a personal brand? Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> um A personal brand, I mean, it can really be whatever you want it to be. That's why it's kind of so brilliant. It's personal. It's, it's, it's individual to you, Mm -hmm. but it's just this kind of way of thinking about, uh, your values, the type of service that you want to offer and how you want to be perceived by people. And it's kind of, it's, it's this marketing technique to be seen as, you know, this, seen as an authority you know the first kind of person to that you're going to turn to when you need this specific service mm-hmm. um so it yeah it's it's a really useful technique to get noticed and um especially you know uh heighten that inbound marketing so inbound marketing is when you when your clients come to you rather mm-hmm. than you selling to potential clients basically mm-hmm. yeah and that's kind of the well it's a great way to do it isn't it it's the dream <laughs> yeah. 
and I guess sort of you can put your personal brand like where would you where would you put your personal brand where would you see somebody's personal brand I think you see someone's you should see someone's personal brand in whatever platform you're communicating with them on Mm -hmm. so my personal brand even though it started out on LinkedIn you know it is in my email signature it's Mm -hmm. on my Instagram um when I get a website it'll be on my website it's it needs to be and that's that's what when you think about all the great brands it's consistent throughout any platform that you see them on Mm -hmm. and it's not just their colors or you know their logo or anything like that it's also about your tone of voice and all of that stuff Mm -hmm. I guess it's kind of about being recognizable like you want someone to see it and instantly know that that's you or that's your content without them actually having seen your name on it yet yeah absolutely yeah that's the idea and and be something that sticks out in people's minds Mm -hmm. so who is personal branding for like who needs a personal brand honestly I think whether you're working in because obviously being translators we usually work in a b2b environment that's Mm -hmm. kind of um you know the the main sort of thing I, I don't I don't think I know any translators that work to it in a B2C environment. I know. I only know that um, last month, last month's uh, podcast episode was with a B2C, mainly B2C translator who was doing genealogy. Oh, that's because so most cool. Of her, yeah, most of her clients are like individuals looking for the service. But mostly, I think like that was kind of the first time that I'd heard anyone say that they were mostly b2c so yeah you're right mostly b2b <laughs> yeah mostly b2b but even no matter what even if you are b2c um i think people that offer service-based businesses are um you know have a lot to gain from establishing a personal brand mm-hmm. um but that's not to say you know if you're in a big company um you know you don't have to be freelance to to do a personal to have a personal brand mm-hmm. you can be part of a company and still have a personal brand while also promoting that company mm-hmm. and it just goes back to the idea that you know people end up buying from people um it's not like people see a big you know translation company and and think oh yeah that's the one it's it's yeah. you know you have those conversations you talk to people and you end up buying you know making your buying decisions off of that rather than oh, well, like, pretty colours or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I mean, pretty colours can help. Pretty colours definitely help. Yeah. <laughs> so what does your personal brand look like? Green. <laughs> your personal brand is green. My personal brand is green. It's my favourite colour, green. Um, <laughs> it's the green in my house. It's actually, it's kind of accidental. Like, I do love green. Green is my favorite color, especially olive green and, like, light pastel greens and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, when we got, when we moved into our, our flat, me and my husband, I picked the color for the office because that was going to be my office. I had already been working from home for about mm-hmm. two years by the time we moved into this place. So I picked this green and um, it kind of just accidentally became my personal branding color because when I decided to go into LinkedIn, I took my profile picture mm-hmm. with, I actually had to, because my office is like painted, it's like half of the wall is painted and then half of the wall isn't I, and the green I is on the bottom it, half. Yeah. So I actually had to sit in front, like on the floor to take this <laughs> profile picture. Um but yeah, but it means that, um, like like I was saying before, you you put 
your personal brand into everything and everything it becomes consistent. So it's gotten to the point now where, you know, I'll post a carousel post or something like that for tips for translators or something. Um, and before people see that it's posted by me, they'll see the green and they'll know, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's Kelsey's content, mm-hmm. which is quite nice. It's, it's, it's pretty good, but not only is my, per- my personal brand green, <laughs> that's just probably the most like visually yeah. obvious thing, but um, you know, you actually part of creating a personal brand is is um, putting together some some values about the kind of service that you offer and the kind of person that you are because it's a personal thing. Mm-hmm. So I knew right away that you know I had quite a lot of experience in the industry, but I was new to freelancing. So I wanted to help other translators who may just be starting out, especially because working in the in the agency, I kind of. You know, it was a boutique agency. So when you're working for a boutique agency, you wear loads and loads of hats. So mm-hmm. I was not only the account manager, but I was also the desktop publisher and the vendor manager and the accounts person and stuff like that. So so because I had worked in all of these kind of um, areas within the industry, I felt like I had a, no- a lot of knowledge to share. And mm-hmm. you don't really see the kinds of things like you know, how should you tailor your CV for, you know, to get noticed by vendor managers or, Mm -hmm. you know, those types of things. So I wanted to be that, that kind of resource. I wanted to be open and helpful to anyone who needed it really, because I always kind of went into this personal branding and this sphere with the idea that fellow translators, they're not my competition. Mm -hmm. They're my cheerleaders. They're my colleagues. Mm -hmm. You know, there's more than enough good work out there for all of us. And I, you know, I don't, I don't see anyone, you know, there's only a handful of people I know anyway with my language pair, obviously, um, you know, that I'm close with. And, but that means, you know, those are people that I can refer jobs on to if I have too much work on, or it's not something that is in my, you know, sphere or whatever I go, oh, actually I know someone who could handle this, but it's also, you know, by, by putting this helpful content out there, you know, I might be able to share some new information with someone and they might be able to share it on with someone that they know who's just entering the industry and stuff so I'd rather just you know give my knowledge away for free Mm -hmm. and help everybody else deliver a great service Mm -hmm. so that's that's my main goal yeah it's I think it's good like I kind of love that mindset of everyone being like your cheerleaders because like I think it really is like I was talking to my, like, this is a bit random, but I was talking to my dad last weekend and he's an architect and Mm. he was kind of saying like, it's so different in architecture from what he knows. A lot of architects like to kind of keep their secrets to themselves and they don't really, like they're they're, like friendly and civil with each other, but not in the same way that the translators are. And like, I kind of came straight into this. I didn't really have any other different career before. So translation industry is kind of the only industry that I know. Mm. And like, I just love how friendly and welcoming everyone is. And like, you kind of feel like you can message anyone and ask for advice or like, just kind of, yeah, everyone just refers jobs to each other. And I often get like, you know, this person referred like, or an email being like, oh, this person like, yeah, you know, said to email you or whatever and it might it might be someone I've never even talked to but they've seen me on LinkedIn and that's kind of like nice but it's yeah. like I like how we can we can do that and it's also makes it easy I feel like it makes us have a better client relationship because if we're working with a client and they really need us for something but we're just not available or we just can't do that specific thing it's nice to be like oh but I know someone who can help you yeah and then the client will appreciate that more as well. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go and then give all of their work to that person and they're going to steal your jobs. No. Like, it's not about that. It's just like, 
they'll appreciate that you you know know someone else who can do that and take that on and then they'll still yeah absolutely like it makes it makes their job easier doesn't it and it's not like because if you think about it someone's got to do that work and if it's not going to be you they're just going to find someone that you haven't recommended and that you've been less helpful for you know obviously don't recommend someone if you don't know anyone but but, you know it having that sort of always coming from that place of um wanting to be helpful and Mm -hmm. because I, I feel like especially in such a you know traditionally remote profession that we're in it's hard to I I feel like you can really start to be really insular Mm -hmm. um, and start to be really guarded about yourself and your business and and feel, you know, that it's it's like a shark tank out there. You know, you feel like everyone's trying to attack you at all sides and and that sort of thing. And you're in a competition with each other and all of that. But if you, you know, as soon as you start opening up to that possibility that other people are just here to help, they, you know, everybody wants to be earning everybody wants to get great rates everybody wants to work with great clients and stuff but the more we talk about it then the easier it gets obviously there's going to be translators out there who will never tell you what rate you know things are supposed to be at and stuff like that they won't tell you their rates they won't tell you what the market rate is and all of that stuff but you just that's a small small minority no definitely because I've really seen and sometimes you even get to work together with people and stuff and like I mean yeah. like literally like what we're doing right now absolutely like this is <laughs> you know <laughs> you get to do cool stuff like be on each other's podcasts and you know do, like it's great let's talk about um personal branding specifically for translators then so how can a translator benefit from having a personal brand there's loads of benefits and I don't I don't think there are any downsides. Um, what I will say is that before you start thinking about what your personal brand looks like, you need to definitely set some really key boundaries. Mm-hmm. You don't need to share your whole personal life as part of your personal brand. I definitely don't. You know, I don't post pictures of my husband or anything like that. Um, and that's like a hard boundary that I've set for myself. So just kind of introducing that before talking about the benefits is um because I feel like that's something that a lot of people feel uncomfortable with in terms Mm -hmm. of personal branding and I feel like it can be like selling your soul a little bit (laughs) sometimes um and I can I can say that absolutely it doesn't have to be that Mm -hmm. um but benefits I mean so it's it's part of my marketing strategy is this personal brand and it means that because I put so much effort into it I have, like I said, built this completely... My, my business is 100% inbound now. Mm-hmm. I don't sell to clients anymore. Clients come to me and ask me to work for them, mm-hmm. which is... I'm, I'm really grateful. It's a really lucky place for me to be in. Um, but that was, you know, a lot of consistency and, and graft and, you know, yeah. <laughs> you got to work for it. But that's... I think that's the main benefit is you get to... You get to start being choosy about your clients, um, cause I, I, at this point now have more than I can feasibly say yes to, mm-hmm. which means I get those wonderful opportunities to refer people just, to, you know, <laughs> to someone else. Um, so that's the main benefit is kind of the idea of having this personal brand is to be a bit omnipresent. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be seen regularly enough that when someone does need your service, they know who to contact immediately Mm -hmm. because if you think about 
if you've been on LinkedIn long enough, you will have gotten one of those connection requests and someone says, hey, do you need website development services? Yeah. Or do you want to buy Bitcoin? And it's like, well, maybe, but not right now. Like, yeah. uh, like leave me alone, dude. Because they're not hitting you right when you want to buy that service. And mm-hmm. es- especially with services, it's so difficult. So you kind of, by, by having a personal brand that you're consistent about and that is noticeable and you put yourself out there enough you kind of flip that on its head mm-hmm. and it means that you're you you're so visible and so regular about it that when someone goes oh actually i do need french to english translation i know someone who's great for that let mm-hmm. me get in contact with kelsey mm-hmm. so that's one of those things you, you you flip the whole thing on its head so that you don't have to do all of the like cold selling and yeah. all of that you know emailing your cv to god knows how many yeah. <laughs> agencies and stuff because it hardly ever it sometimes works i'm not going to completely bash that but it just it focuses your efforts on something that's going to be uh, more long-term beneficial mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. and it also means that it's it, you kind of you attract the clients that you want and turn away that the, cl- the clients that you probably don't want to work with anyway yeah you tend to you know, you put out what you want to get back into the world. So if you have this personal brand, for instance, my personal brand is about being helpful. It's about being uh, almost over-explanatory. It's about hand-holding. It's about treating people like people and not mm-hmm. just, you know, high vendor at the end of the email. Yeah. Um, so by extension, I then attract clients who also align with those values mm-hmm. that I have and would want to work with me and find that an, a, an attractive quality in my personal brand and think, oh, I want to work with that person. Mm -hmm. So it's almost self-selecting and means that you attract way more high quality clients that Mm -hmm. are perfect for you. Mm -hmm. And I guess it means you get to, you get to like, when you've got the time in between having work, you get to spend your time marketing yourself and creating content and stuff rather than sending off all those applications to loads of agencies and stuff. Like, I mean, personally, I prefer making TikTok videos and, <laughs> you know, put it posting on Insta story, put, posting on LinkedIn. I prefer doing all that stuff than, like, to... I've um, all that stuff to, you know, just looking for companies and applying. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, if you, if you fancy cold sending emails to loads of agencies, then, you know, maybe that's your bag. Go for it. But, you know, I, I definitely prefer... Mm. I prefer making TikToks to but anything yeah. else, but... <laughs> I get it because I feel like not everyone wants to put themselves out there in the same way and I know you said about having like boundaries and stuff but Mm. like we are still putting ourselves online and some people prefer to do like much less than that or barely be online at all and that's completely fine like everyone has something that works for them but like I just love making, yeah. I love making TikTok videos. <laughs> I love making a fool of myself on the internet. It's so it's much fun. Me. But on, on that point, like, there are loads of people that have a stricter, that have stricter boundaries on their personal brand than mm-hmm. I do and still have great personal brands and still manage to have really, like, a lot of success with their personal brands. So, you know, what my boundaries are, what my personal brand looks like is not something... Um, to be you know it doesn't need to be mimicked exactly or Mm -hmm. anything like that you know your personal brand again it's personal to you so you can set whatever boundaries that you want on it you don't Mm -hmm. even you don't have to talk about your family you don't have to talk about where you live you don't have to talk about you know anything like that but if you 
show up regularly and authentically like a real person Mm -hmm. and have conversations and engage with people, then that is what's going to carry you further. So it can really be whatever you want and whatever you're comfortable with. If you don't want to post video content, don't post video content. If you don't want to post pictures of yourself, don't post pictures of yourself, you know, but you can still create this, this personal brand around what you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. Okay, here's the big question. How does one create a personal brand? That is the big question. Mm -hmm. Well, going back to what I said before, boundaries are key. Thinking about, you know, where your lines are and what you want to share and what you don't want to share and feeling really secure in them because, you know, like I said, your personal brand is all about you and what you're comfortable with. And if you end up pushing yourself in a direction that you're not comfortable with, you're not going to want to go back and be consistent Mm -hmm. with your personal branding if it makes you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, make sure that you have those boundaries in place and, you know, that you're not pushing yourself too far out of your comfort zone and, you know, just making sure that those are secure and you're happy with those. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say, I mean, those can, those can evolve as well with your personal brand your personal brand is probably always going to be evolving mine is mm-hmm. um you know just based on the new work that you're doing if you're pulled into a new service or anything like that so don't be don't feel like you need to be steadfast in things if you start feeling more comfortable with the idea of something else mm-hmm. but yeah having those boundaries um, is really really important so that's definitely the first step then i would say uh start thinking about your values you know what is the what what is the type of work that you want to do and how do you want to do it and how do you want to treat people how do you want to work with others how do you want to be treated how do you want to work is it um a high stress you know urgent environment are you do you thrive in that or do you want something a bit more laid back do your own values feed into your specialism you know like if you um, or a sustainability translator or something like that, you know, when your personal values kind of bleed into your work as well. Mm-hmm. Think about all of those things and you can kind of put them into sections like pillars. Mm-hmm. So for example, what I have is, um, one of my pillars is self-care. One of my pillars is freelancing. Mm-hmm. One of my pillars is, you know, education and, and learning and helping people. So I, I have those those sort of pillars for when I realize that I need to create content. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, by having these sort of bounds, these areas that I create content within and about, it almost fosters that creativity rather than... And, and it kind of feels a bit, a bit like the opposite of what you'd think. Mm-hmm. Because, well, I can just bring... You know, I can talk about anything that I want to. It's all me. It's all my personal brand. But when you have these pillars that you like to talk about... It actually, yeah, it fosters that creativity because then you start seeing parts of your life that you can talk about and fit into these pillars. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's it's quite a common creative method to actually give yourself some some boundaries to work within mm-hmm. and see what blooms in those boundaries. Mm-hmm. So yeah, having some sort of dimensions to your personal brand really mm-hmm. fosters that creativity. It really reminds me actually of... Um, when I, I when I did art at school and we used mm. to have like a little square and you'd hold up a you'd hold up a square and then you'd just draw exactly what was in that square because it was easier to focus on that thing and yeah. do a good piece of work than to try and just draw everything. <laughs> so Absolutely. like it's in 
yeah yeah it's the and it's the same sort of idea of like writing prompts Mm. or something like that anything that kind of gives you boundaries to work within actually fosters that creativity because it makes it a lot less scary to start yeah um and again you know those things can change and evolve with you that's totally fine um but you know just having somewhere to start and somewhere that you can feel oh yeah I do have things to talk about within these bounds Mm -hmm. now in terms of kind of developing your tone of voice that is so hard my best advice for that is write how you talk Mm. to be honest I you know we'll put some Americanisms in there and stuff (laughs) you know I obviously talk about American bits and and that type of thing so it's it's just one of those things that it's one of those muscles that you have to flex you're probably not going to get it right the first time but you just have to keep showing up and learning about what you feel comfortable with what people like reading and yeah just practicing that kind of storytelling Mm -hmm. muscle as well especially with more long-form content like linkedin Mm -hmm. yeah so say people have kind of done that they've got they've got it kind of nailed down what what thing what their boundaries are what kind of things that they want to be talking about what they kind of want their brand to be where what's the next step where where can people go to you know put that give out there. that brand yeah where they're comfortable mm-hmm. there should be there should be a few things that you're that you're looking at where where are you comfortable putting that brand out there um you know are you more well versed on twitter than you are on LinkedIn or something you know go to a platform that you're comfortable with also you need to consider where your ideal clients hang out Mm -hmm. my ideal clients hang out on LinkedIn so that's where I am um I also kind of forced myself to learn LinkedIn because I knew what what a good opportunity it had Mm -hmm. you also have to think about what is sustainable for you as well because it kind of goes back to that whole thing. If you're uncomfortable doing something, then you're not going to want to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So once you consider those three things, there might be one or two platforms that you think, oh yeah, I can I can really go in on that. Um, and I would suggest starting out with one platform and doing it well. Mm-hmm. I went really far in on LinkedIn and it was only when I started posting more stupid tiktok content (laughs) that people were like can we see more of this Mm -hmm. and and i didn't want to you know i didn't want to be posting a new tiktok every day on linkedin because that would get old um so i said okay you know what i'll start i'll start my instagram account and that can be and i still don't put any pressure on my instagram account i mean it's all personal branding and stuff like that it's all still consistent but Mm -hmm. i don't you know, I'm not like I need to post every day on Instagram or I need to show up for stories every day or anything like that. It's more of a bit like my playground and I don't Mm -hmm. put any bounds on it. I still make sure that LinkedIn is is my main my main source. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And then I guess also like um, having like if you've got a website, that's a good place, isn't it? To kind of put your brand on there yeah yeah absolutely yeah if you have a website I don't have a website I don't I don't think you need a website if you're starting out as a freelance translator Mm -hmm. I know it looks really good and and a lot of people do have websites and find them useful but I wouldn't say that it's a it's a deal breaker if you don't have a website starting out as a freelancer yeah I just find mine like a useful place to kind of have everything in one place and have links to everything in one place like yeah absolutely and you've got your portfolio 
in yeah, your website as yeah, well that's true. um which you know you can also do as like a pdf or something if you don't have a website but it's just helpful for you to be able to be yeah. like check out I can my just website be like, just look at like usually like when a client or like a potential new client asks me for my cv i like send my cv but like my cv has kind of i feel like it's a very small yeah. view of what i actually do because obviously you don't want to make it too long but so I'm always, like every time I send my CV, I'm like, but also check out my website to see more about like who I am and what I do because I feel like then they can they can kind of go on it and they can you know look at other things like I've got my podcast linked on there yeah. and like you know everything and they can kind of just see it all in one place. But like, I mean, you can there are other things that like if you've got like Linktree, you yeah, can just yeah. kind of have that and have everything or you know yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, whatever's. I do that as well. You know, when people ask for my CV. Um, especially more like direct clients and stuff, the people that I'm going to be working with, like mm-hmm. on a more personal relationship basis, it's less for less for agencies. Um, but yeah, I'll send them my CV. But I also say, you know, look at my LinkedIn, because if you really want to know what I am about, like who I mm-hmm. am, then my LinkedIn is going to give you a way better idea. But if you want to know what my qualifications look yeah. like, here's my CV. For, that's fine. Yeah. It's almost like I'll do that to like tick the box of yeah. what you require. But like, it's, yeah. Yeah. And I guess like your personal brand can lead kind of to yourself when you go start going to events and stuff. I guess mm. like you want to you want to be in person, have like appear, come across the same way that you come across online. Right. Like you want to. I guess talk the same way that you've written or like have yeah. the same values that you've been writing about online and stuff so like I guess would you say that like the way you turn up to events is also personal branding or is that going a bit far with the term no uh, but I, th- I you know it's it's the idea of consistency I think mm. if um I think if people meet me at an events and and then they come away from the experience being like wow Kelsey's a real piece of work um (laughs) then that that doesn't bode well for me it's not you know I'm not I'm not a nice person just for internet likes or something you know I'm I just I just want to be a nice person full stop but you know it's it's everyone has their bad days and stuff and someone might come off from an experience you know with me and be like oh well that was different than I thought it was going to be but that's just life yeah um and yeah, I guess when you're online, that just happens in a way that like maybe less people like that post that you posted or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the whole thing about the personal brand is that it is still me. It is still authentically me. I am still Kelsey, the personal yeah. brand, as well as Kelsey, you know, the, the person. <laughs> the person. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not, if if you're completely changing your personality for your personal brand, you're doing it wrong. You're doing an impersonal brand. (laughs) That would just be exhausting. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm just thinking about like, I'm sure like you hear about people saying like, oh, I met this celebrity and they were completely different to how I thought they were going to be or like, you know, all this kind of thing. And I know that's a different thing, like we're not celebrities, (laughs) But but like you don't want people to meet you and be like oh, she's completely different to what she, I think, I thought she was going to be like. Or like yeah, yeah, but I, I was actually, I was thinking about that when you asked, when you asked the question. And yeah. I, I wonder if that's um, because people mistake people's roles, mm-hmm. you know, because they're actors or something oh, like that. Yeah, they mistake be. their roles or if they're singing or whatever, their performances mm-hmm. for themselves yeah um and have this kind of idea of who this person is and then they meet them and it's like you know 
never meet your heroes kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's separate to personal branding because we're not acting as any, or you shouldn't be yeah. acting as anything but yourself. Um, just because I've set boundaries for what I share online does not yeah. mean that what I show up as is not me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like talking more about things to help translators, either either new translators that are new into the field or experienced translators that just want to kind of build up their online presence a bit more. What like tips and advice do you have for them? I would say, you know, go out there curious, you know, go out there into the world. If you don't know what LinkedIn looks like or how it works or something, just go in and show up as yourself and start talking to people, you know, use that search function and type in translator and start connecting with people. Send a note saying, Hey, I'm, I want to expand my network. I'm a, I'm a translator. I just want to, you know, hang out here and, yeah. <laughs> and, and meet new people and that kind of stuff and build a community. I think, just being honest about your intentions when you're connecting with people and when you're engaging with people's content and stuff. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, obviously we're all here on LinkedIn to find work, but also I am here to build a nice community and, and, you know, make some friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. So as as long as you're showing up authentically and, and, um, you know, being nice and showing up as you, then I think the community building and getting started after that becomes a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And then when you start, you know, looking into the whole thing of personal branding and stuff, that also becomes a lot easier as well. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I would say is that, um, it, you know, it goes back to the idea of, of being comfortable. The, the reason that I started doing TikTok content on LinkedIn is because I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to do video content, but I hated those talking heads that people did that made me I did not feel comfortable doing them mm-hmm. it felt forced for me um, not to say that anyone else doing them is doing them badly or whatever but it just it was not for me mm-hmm. but making a fool of myself and <laughs> lip syncing to something <laughs> through like some tiktok content and making something relatable about you know a problem that a freelancer has or a translator has or something like that mm-hmm. that felt a lot more comfortable for me what didn't what also didn't feel comfortable was then thinking am i really going to post a tiktok on linkedin is this really what i'm going to do right now but there was this little voice inside my head that thought you know it, just do it just just try it and if it doesn't work then that's one day of content where it didn't work and you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about it anymore mm-hmm. and you just know but if you try it and it goes great then that's a whole new like route for you to be able to explore mm-hmm. uh, content wise. So I just did it. I just did it. I posted one and people found it really hilarious. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, there we go. We've learned something new about this. Let's continue on. And so you kind of just, you kind of just have to, any idea you have is not a bad idea. It's only, you know, you kind of catastrophize it in your head mm-hmm. that you, you're going to have this worst case scenario thing if you, if you do something that is slightly out of, out of the bounds. But then, you know, if, if everyone just stuck to their lane and did what they were supposed to do, then the world would be a pretty boring place and we wouldn't have these, you know, innovations and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, um, I'd say just, just do it once. Just do it once. Just try it. And if it doesn't work out, then no harm done. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you just, you, you pick yourself up and you start again with a new idea. Yeah. I mean, and the thing with LinkedIn as well is that LinkedIn kind of works in the way that like, if your post starts doing well, it goes out to lots of people and mm. it gets lots of interaction. If your post doesn't do very well, not many people will see it because it won't yeah. share it with a lot of people. So if you do something and it doesn't go very well, hardly anyone's going to see it. And then just pretend it didn't happen, move yeah. on, do something else. Like it's not, LinkedIn isn't a place where it's still going to go out to everyone. Everyone's going to see that it's not doing well. Like if it's not doing well, no one's going to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the way that the algorithm works and most social media websites, the way that the algorithm works, it just means that, you know, if your post isn't doing well, especially with LinkedIn, you kind of have mm-hmm. that people call it the golden hour where you first post something and then you have kind of that hour to maximize the engagement and maximize the reach. And that kind of sets you up for how well the post is going to do. Mm-hmm. But you know, you don't have to, you don't have to worry if, if something doesn't go well or as well as you thought it might do, or, you know, you're worried, you're not sure how people are going to receive it. If people don't like it, you've still learned something valuable there. Mm-hmm. You've still got a valuable piece of information for your future content. Mm-hmm. Speaking of doing the thing, I, yeah, I reached out to you, what, two months ago, something like that? Yeah, something like um, that. On Instagram. And we had... We had spoken a bit on, I think we'd interacted a bit on LinkedIn and mm. a little bit on Instagram, but not loads. And I'd, well, what had happened was I'd got an email from from the ITI, which I think they just sent out to everyone saying they were looking for speakers for their conference mm. next year. And I was like, oh, I just kind of read the email and I kind of looked at the topic and I was like, actually, that's quite an interesting topic. Kind of clicked on it, read a bit more on the website and actually was like, I have an idea for this topic. I think it'd be really cool to do something because it was uh, what is it embracing change emerging yeah. stronger or something like that and I was like actually that I have a really good idea and then I just straight away thought of you because of your TikTok videos Aww. and the content you've been creating and I was like Kelsey will be perfect at this <laughs> and I was kind of like I also like it wasn't something I felt like I could have done on my own anyway and I was like I want to I want to do this with Kelsey <laughs> so even though like I didn't I didn't know you that well at all like really so I went on Instagram and I sent you a voice note of just like I literally I kind of the thing is I'm the kind of person I have an idea and I get really excited and I'm like (laughs) so I literally like opened my phone sent you a voice note and I was like I've had this idea what do you think and I'm imagining that you were just like whoa what's going on here (laughs) but like I was like I'm just gonna reach out to you see what happens and like I mean that was kind of the start of doing the thing Mm. and then it like (laughs) it got out of hand no (laughs) but I I, on that point like I I hope that you felt comfortable reaching out to me because you knew what my personal Mm. brand was like yeah and that's why you kind of have that you know you're not afraid to approach me like I'm some sort of untouchable person on LinkedIn like doing stuff so I was I was so happy when I I heard the voice notes if if a little confused at first (laughs) Um, but it was it was such a great idea um I was immediately on board and then you know then we started talking a lot Mm -hmm. because we were doing a lot of planning we had to get to know each other we had to figure out how each other worked all of that stuff all remotely as well yeah it it just kind of it blossomed into this thing and kind of from the get-go we thought okay well we think it's a great idea so that's kind of all we need Mm -hmm. we think this is a great idea we'll submit it to the iti yeah and you know if it gets rejected then we can 
do it some we can do a webinar we can do whatever it doesn't really matter we can do something with it if the iti accepts it yeah then we're speaking at the iti (laughs) but we were literally like because i was kind of like i don't know if like i don't know what they'll think i don't know like what but we were kind of like well we might as well apply there's literally nothing nothing to lose nothing to lose if we apply like even the time that we spent preparing it, we were kind of like, well, we can use this for something else if, mm. if they decide not to go with us or whatever. So we were just like, let's just let's just do it, apply. And we did. And they, you know, they were like, yeah, please. They said yes. <laughs> they said yes. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't believe our eyes when we got the email, huh? I was like, um, well, they sent you I the think, email first. They, the email. they kept forgetting to um, CC Kelsey into the yeah. into the um, email, so they sent me the email, and I was like, oh my god, I think I probably sent you another. Yeah, you texted voice me first. I found out from like, your text. I like first. Sent probably like capital letters, like oh my god, yeah. and you were like, what? I was like, what happened? And I was I probably like squealing in a voice. Yeah, we but, were very uh, excited. We yeah. were like, oh my god, but I was also like. It was like oh my god excitement, but also like oh my god we're doing this. Yeah, <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And but like there were so many like even though we felt quite secure in the fact that like we were you know we we thought this was a great idea we want to do this talk even if the ITI says no we'll do it somewhere else. But like yeah. there were there were definitely doubts as we were going on. Like are we are we professional yeah. enough to do this? There was this imposter syndrome that was definitely going through both of us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be speaking at this prestigious conference, industry conference, you know, are they going to want people that make TikTok videos yeah. or, you know, the, you make a fool of themselves on camera and, yeah. you know, that style of, of marketing, how is that going to be perceived? But we thought, you know, if we try and tone it down, then that's going to be, not us. that's not, not going to be yeah. us and it's going to completely undermine the idea of the talk of yeah. you know embracing that change and and you know emerging having stronger. <laughs> emerging stronger and having these new marketing techniques and stuff so mm-hmm. we decided that we were going to show up fully as ourselves mm-hmm. as you know as we had been showing up and you know as as prof- the professionals that we are because yeah. we are professionals just because we make tiktok videos doesn't mean that we're not professionals just because you know we you started a podcast or anything that's yeah that's all we are professionals and therefore therefore the things that we do are professional things yeah. and if yeah. they work for us then you know who's then to tell us that yeah. they're wrong exactly. so if they thought oh there's no way we're having these girls on then you then know it would fine. it kind of goes back yeah. to the idea of like you know that self-selecting yeah. It's almost like if we if we got turned down for the talk, then mm-hmm. it would have been like, well, maybe that's not our audience. Maybe yeah. that's not the people that want to hear us talk, and that's yeah. okay. But I think it would have been, like, I think it would have been better to get turned down for the talk, doing it exactly how we wanted it, than have yes. tried to adapt what we submitting to kind of tone it down to what we thought they might want. Like, yeah. if we'd have done that and then got accepted, I think that would be really difficult because it wouldn't be authentic it would just be like trying to be that but I think actually like doing it the ITI conference is really cool because we can reach like a new a different audience because like the kind of stuff that we're talking about if we just talked about it on LinkedIn where everyone is already on LinkedIn and the people that are already using it and doing a lot of the things that we talk about are already doing that on LinkedIn Mm. it's not going to have as much of an impact as doing it somewhere like the ITI conference which will I assume have a lot more people that do their marketing and do everything in lots of different ways yeah. and aren't all on LinkedIn and everything. So, yeah. like, yeah, that's really cool. So, should we just kind of do a little plug? A little plug. And kind of say exactly what this is that we're talking yeah. about. 
what we're doing and um, how you can come if you want to. So Yes, so uh, Dart and I will be speaking at the ITI conference 2022. Uh, it is going to be May 31st and June 1st in Brighton in the south of England. Uh, super early bird tickets are available now, I would recommend because the pricing structure does get a bit higher and it might mm -hmm. be, you know, cost prohibitive for a bit further down the line. The name of our talk is going to be Disrupting LinkedIn, the new marketing techniques for translators. We're going to touch on building a personal brand, overcoming imposter syndrome, and just doing the thing mm -hmm. like we've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> So if you do want to come along, meet us. Say, say hi. hi. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to more of what we've got to talk about together. Um, Maybe make a TikTok. <laughs> make a TikTok with us. Honestly, if anyone comes up to us and asks to make a TikTok with us, please. Yeah. I would love yeah, to. Yeah, we that. will say yes. We will be making TikTok. I'm, uh, I am uh, yeah. very sure we're going to be making TikToks at the conference. 100%. But even like, the thing is, I think the ITI loves it because like, we did... Because we, we announced that we were doing this conference with a, TikTok. with a TikTok. Yeah. We made a TikTok video kind of doing like high fives and telling people that that's what we're doing. And I posted it on LinkedIn. We both posted it on LinkedIn. And I see I commented on it being like, will you be doing a dance as part of your talk? <laughs> and it was like, I love that they did that because it was yeah. like, oh, they would actually... I mean, I don't think we're going to do a dance as part of our talk. We, never I mean, say never. Never say never, but like... It wasn't part of the plan, <laughs> but yeah, since true. the ITI asked, <laughs> maybe, maybe we should just do maybe we have to deliver. a 50-minute-long TikTok-style presentation. The, pres like, oh, the whole presentation is memes. The whole, like, the whole presentation we're, like, doing, I don't know. But we, we need to... Um, well, this is this is the thing because because our talk is about the new marketing techniques and it's still half a year away. Yeah. We kind of have to wait to finalize everything as yeah, well yeah. because there might be some there might be a brand new social network by then yeah. uh, exploding, yeah, you know, and we we just don't know. So um, we can't just do it if we just did our like created the whole thing now. It's probably not going to be relevant in six months time. It'd be completely out of date. Yeah. So, so yeah. So watch out for that. We're going to make sure that it is the most out to date information mm -hmm. um, and you know from what we've experienced, from what we can see, and and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah. Hope to see you there. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And one more little plug, since this is a podcast and we know that you are going to be starting your own podcast soon, yes. do you want to tell everyone a bit about that in case they want to have a listen as soon as it's out? Yes, thank you. So for a bit of a bit of context, I'm starting this podcast. It, start, it started out of a conversation that I had with my husband about two, three years ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. We realised that we were both considered first-generation immigrants. I'm an immigrant from the U.S., and he's the child of immigrants. And we thought it was so weird that we were both considered first-generation because our experiences were so completely different. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the premise. That's what we thought of. And so the idea is to go and interview immigrants and children of immigrants and get them to tell their stories mm -hmm. um, and bring that to light. And I don't want to be... One of the boundaries is, I, you know, I don't want to be interviewing famous people who are immigrants or child you know, children of immigrants i want to be interviewing the everyday people you know that 
work and paying their taxes and finding somewhere to live and you know those kind of experience while also going through like a visa process or having to be an interpreter for their parents or you know Mm -hmm. those types of things those types of everyday experiences so I'm currently going through mentorship um, about that now a little plug for the marketing meetup thank you so much (laughs) for for the opportunity I um, I applied for a grant to get this podcast off the ground and I've been very generously awarded the first opportunity to to get this grant and and to use it to to develop the podcast Mm -hmm. so I'm very very grateful for that and yeah it's in the works Mm -hmm. keep an eye out on my socials um and that will be that will be hopefully launched within the next few months that's so exciting (laughs) I I literally I can't wait I can't wait to hear your podcast yeah is there anything else that you want to say on the topic of personal branding or anything else no I think I think the 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 main thing that I want people to take away from personal branding is that it can be whatever you want it to be Mm -hmm. as long as it's completely you and as long as you are respecting your own boundaries Mm -hmm. it can look however you want it to look Mm -hmm. and there's there's a lot to gain from it Mm -hmm. it's it sounds scary it looks (laughs) scary I know (laughs) but you got to start somewhere we all have yeah. We've all started somewhere. You should see some of the, you know, the posts that I did before and before I figured out how it all worked and stuff like that and found my voice and everything like that. I've made my own fair share of terrible posts and content and stuff. I still have I still make content that gets like two likes or whatever yeah. and flies under the radar. Yeah. But it's just you have to realize that all of that is good information for you. All of that is a learning experience and, you know, if you show up regularly, that's going to be the most important thing. Mhm. And it's all the more reason to create more content if you do one that doesn't do so well. Create yeah. more to cover up. <laughs> <laughs> if you just then stop there, that's going to be the last thing. Yeah, exactly. Anyone see. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> just create more. No one bury it. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone um, does want to get in touch with you because they've got more questions for you or they just want to, I don't know, follow you, see what you get up to, where... Where can they do that? How can they find you? So the main one is LinkedIn. You can find me at Kelsey Frick. Yes, that is really my surname. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, if you want, so LinkedIn is where I post most of my professional content, a lot of my, you know, kind of helpful, you know, thought piece kind of content, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. If you want something a little bit more personal, um, a little bit more, you know, me in front of the camera talking to you kind of thing <laughs> then you can follow my instagram at frickin freelance so that's f-r-i-c-k-i-n freelance and yeah and send me a message send me a connection request say hello all of that stuff i love to talk to literally anyone that sends me a message i <laughs> it's probably annoying for them so <laughs> i love that cool well thank you so much kelsey thank for, you um coming all the way here being on my podcast and sharing your wisdom with everybody thanks so much for having me Dot. it's been so so much fun to do this and now we're gonna go and laugh about everything (laughs) thanks for listening to this meet the translator podcast episode on personal branding i hope you enjoyed it and found it useful thanks again to kelsey for joining me today make sure to check out the show notes for links and contact details for kelsey and if you've got any questions or comments about the series send an email to meetthetranslator at gmail.com Thank you.